Jody Vanson for Mike Smith this week and next. Uh, Happy New Year's Eve, Eve to you. Uh, Going across the pond, it's almost New Year's Eve as we head to Denmark to connect with freelance journalists based in Denmark, formerly of right here in BC. Of course, you'll recognize the name Shane Woodford on the line with us. Hey, Shane. Hey, Jody. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. I have a keen eye on Denmark, uh, not just because I have family mm-hmm. there, um, but also because I subscribe to your newsletter. And while it has mm-hmm. been on pause for the past little bit so that you could take a little bit of time off, uh, the news cycle yeah. waits for no one. And I know that you are right on top of all things uh, happening in Denmark. Why, why do you think Denmark has become such a hot spot? Yeah, well, I mean, Denmark isn't alone in being a hotspot. We're seeing um, mind-boggling numbers out of European countries all over the place. I mean, the UK is seeing uh, numbers that are just out of this world. Uh, I know just today, Italy exceeded 100,000 new daily cases for the first time ever. Spain's over 100,000. France exceeded 200,000 new infections yesterday. Uh, Here in Denmark, we have seen record highs virtually every day of the week, Monday to Friday, for the last two in a bit weeks. Uh, we saw a record high, 23,000 cases yesterday, another 21,000 today. So uh, the first two times ever in back-to-back days, seeing over 20,000 cases uh, in the pandemic. So uh, it is quite something. In Denmark's case specifically, Jody, I think it was uh, a little bit of arrogance or overconfidence Uh, Back in September 10th, we removed every single COVID restriction and returned to normal, made headlines around the world, as did Norway, Sweden, Finland. Um, And I think that that was, uh, in hindsight, probably a pretty big mistake. And it allowed, uh, at first, the Delta variant, uh, which we were in the middle of a horrendous Delta variant wave. And then the Omicron variant arrived uh, right in the middle of all of this already troubling situation. And numbers since have taken off. Now, while we have reintroduced a whole whack of restrictions, uh, we became reactionary when, for most of the pandemic, we were proactive. uh, And it allowed the virus, first Delta, then Omicron, to kind of reach a tipping point where we were racing after it, which is not a place where you want to be. No, and when you and I spoke back in August and we were talking about, I was blown away when you explained what it was like, how you had your vaccine passport and then you had your one for the EU, but you had your one that was local and you'd get your rapid tests yeah. and you'd go in your testing station pretty much at every street corner and, you know, access to testing was unbelievable and that gave more freedom to people to move around this back, of course, pre-Omicron. And one of the reasons that I like to touch base with you, not just because you're an excellent journalist, but also because Denmark is very similar in population and and, and vibe, I guess, if you will, to to British Columbia when it comes to sort of a you, you can kind of give it a little bit of a litmus test while, you know, comparing yeah. B.C. to the to the U.K. is a little bit more difficult to do. So let's compare mm-hmm. with regard to the tentative back to school plan right now in Denmark. What does that look like? Yeah, they uh, first off, they were sent home early for Christmas break uh, because of the pandemic situation. So they've been off a little longer than usual. Uh, they're going to go back tentatively for January 5th. That would be three days after what they would normally return on any usual year. Um, but that said, there's a couple of things in the wind. First off is the pandemic situation overall with record numbers uh, and all of that kind of thing. Going into the Christmas break, we were seeing uh, unbelievable infection numbers sweeping through schools and, and children in general uh, from 19 years old and under, and especially the 5 to 11-year-old group, uh, where the numbers were just staggering uh, and schools were being closed and classes were being sent home and all that kind of thing, which is part of the reason they sent them home early. 
So the overall pandemic situation is going to come into the decision-making process that is probably underway now and, and will intensify in the next couple of days. Um, the other thing that they're doing to try and mitigate that, Jody, which I'm not sure is something BC is looking at or not, but Denmark has bought 65 million self-testing, uh, COVID self-testing kits. Yeah. Uh, and there's going to be some use for that in the hospital system and places like that. But a large chunk of those are being distributed to the different municipalities here in Denmark, which will then turn around and send them either to the schools directly for older children to do themselves or for younger kids, including down to grade one. Uh, they'll go to the parents or the parents do COVID self-testing with the children at home. And that'll happen uh, so at least once a week, uh, possibly twice a week, depending on the infection situation in that municipality. For instance, if it's really high, then they're going to double up the weekly testing to try and screen it even further. Uh, but then again, I mean, who knows? If the overall epidemic situation is really bad, then then they could push it off. The other concerning factor is we're seeing uh, much lower vaccination uptake among children than uh, the Danish health authorities would like. And there's been some warning signs sent up uh, from the different health authorities saying that this is a concern and kind of casting doubt on whether they can go back to school with that lack of protection that a higher vaccination rate might bring. And that's a big piece of this. That was, you know, exactly where I'm going with the next question because you just answered yeah. it. That vaccine piece is such a big part of this. You know, the uptake is going to impact the system in its entirety. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the healthcare system in, in Denmark with Omicron. Omicron makes up what percentage? Do you know what percentage it makes up of, of the cases in Denmark right now? Yeah, as of yesterday, it was 80% of all sequence positive tests. And, and keep in mind that we have a pretty good thumb on the situation thanks to a pretty massive testing protocol. So we're doing about half a million COVID tests every day. That's going to be cranked up overall capacity to 750,000 uh, as of January the 7th, and we sequence uh, over 80% of those each day. So wow. Denmark has a pretty good resource for seeing how things are spreading and what the situation on the ground is. It's invaluable. Uh, so it's 80% uh, as of yesterday of all sequence positive cases, and it did that, Jody, in stunning time. Uh, it took about a month from the first two cases that were uh, confirmed here in Denmark, November 26th, as we're talking, it's December 30th. Uh, and it's now, I mean, the absolute dominant, dominant COVID variant uh, in Denmark. And, uh, you know, it took Delta in order for Delta to kind of move in and take over and then completely eradicate the Alpha variant. That took about 18 or 19 weeks in comparison to about four weeks for the Omicron variant to give you some wow. sense of just how, how viciously infectious this thing is. Okay, so real-world data, given what you just explained with regard to testing and the percentage of Omicron cases, when you're saying there are record new case numbers daily, what are hospitalizations and, and what's the mortality rate like at this moment in Denmark? Yeah, so that's, uh, that I'll try and break this down a little bit because those aren't entirely clumped together because of the okay. vaccination protection. Denmark's got over 80% of the population with one dose. We're approaching 80% with two uh, we've really thrown in every ounce of muscle we can to get third doses. So in the last three weeks alone, we've gone from about 10% of the population with a third booster dose. We're now approaching 50%. We'll probably hit that in the next few days. They have thrown just the kitchen sink in trying to get a third dose to people uh, once the Omicron variant arrived to try and up that protection. So uh, how that looks in the hospitalization front it isn't so good at first blush because we're seeing numbers uh, exceeding 600 admissions as we're talking today. We're seeing sort of a hospitalization admission uh, curve that is beginning to parallel the worst one we had in the alpha variant. 
uh, infection wave a year ago. Um, that said, there is a now disconnect. Thank you to the vaccination coverage for uh, ICU capacity and then for mortality. Uh, so that has been sort of the kind of the silver lining or the little bit of good news amidst kind of the dark news. Um, the the situation on the healthcare front uh, is further complicated, Jody, because it's not just COVID. Uh, we're seeing, and, and the other Nordic countries are seeing as well, sort of, I don't want to say a perfect storm, but we're seeing things pressing in from all sorts of different sides. And, you know, there's all these factors. For example, you know, it's been two years of the pandemic and healthcare workers have been under enormous amounts of stress and, and just working like crazy and uh, with no let up. And so now we're seeing to some degree in the different Nordic countries, uh, a certain percentage of the healthcare population or the staffing saying, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, and then because of the pandemic situation, you can't just bring in people from other countries or, or that kind of thing to shore up. So you, you don't have an access to a larger sort of uh, B team that you could bring in. So now we're seeing in Denmark, uh, a lot of sort of healthcare understaffing or short staffing that is causing additional problems. The other thing is we also have uh, what's called the RS virus. I'm not sure if you guys have it or not. I'm, I'm sure you might you might have it, but it's a, a sort of a seasonal bug, uh, like a rough cold or flu, but it really affects younger children uh, worse. Mm-hmm. And we saw um, it arrive months earlier than it's ever been seen before. It's usually a winter bug. We saw it in the late summer, and we saw numbers that we've never seen before. And that meant hospitalizations, particularly of young children, uh, on top of the COVID stuff. So that was another dimension. And as you and I are speaking now, we're seeing a rising number, not super hardcore yet, but still a rising number of seasonal influenza cases. And there's been uh, some real concern over the last few months that because of the COVID pandemic and the washing of hands and, you know, the lack of social contact, that we just haven't seen a seasonal flu in two years. And that, especially for younger people, means that their immune system hasn't seen it, hasn't sort of developed a little bit of natural immunity, uh, a little bit of added protection, and that means that the door is open for a pretty significant possible influenza wave. So we're starting to see those numbers rise, and the concern is if they really shoot up in the next month or two on top of the COVID and on top of everything else that we can really have a problem on our hands. But the hospital situation, uh, while there is a little bit of good news in ICU, and especially on the mortality side, it's not so good on overall admissions. And therein lies the message of caution that we must heed here in British Columbia. When we talk about protecting our healthcare system, what you just laid out explains it in great detail. Shane, as always, yeah. I appreciate your time. Thank you for this. How do people read your newsletter, sign up for it? Because I know I love it. <laughs> you can find me on Substack at Woodford in DK, or you can just uh, follow me on Twitter. And whenever I push one out, I push one out there. And that's at Woodford in DK on Twitter. Um, so yeah, uh, follow along if you can. It's great. And, uh, man, uh, I just encourage you guys back home to just stay as safe as possible because, uh, it's vicious and we're usually a couple of weeks ahead of you. And, mm. uh, I know the testing there is not the greatest and your ability to see what's going on the ground is not nearly as good as it is here in Denmark. And I can tell you Omicron is a serious, serious thing. So everybody back home, just buckle up and stay safe and try and get through the next few weeks, a uh, few months and, and get out the other side.